0: What's up, everybody? We are going to let some people uh, come in here to the live show. Um, This is our live Q&A show with Dr. Rogers. We're going to be answering uh, all your health and wellness questions today. Uh, We are on Facebook and YouTube right now. Um, If you are listening on the podcast uh, to the recording of this, hello, I hope you're Walker, your workout is going great. Your drive into work, possibly. Hope everything is going amazing for everybody. Uh, For those of you who are with us live, uh, we are taking live questions today. We are taking live questions for Dr. Rogers, and uh, we got uh, about three, we got four questions, I think, uh, that came in during the week. so we're gonna have a lot of time for live Q&A, so uh, please say hello, um, ask us a question, um, interact with us. That's what we're here to do. We're here to uh, hopefully um, help you guys out and, and answer any health question you might have. And uh, and we're gonna have a good time while we do it. Um, so anyways, I'm going to, it seems like Dr. Rogers is, is back. Hello, Jessica, how's it going? Thank you for thank you for being here. Uh, if you're with us, say hello. I'd uh, love to love to see who's with us on the live. Uh, and and like I said, if if you guys have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to either put that in the comments. Uh, you can also um, shoot us a direct message or email info at performancemedicine.net. We're going to be uh, we have a team looking at both of those during our live show, so we will get to those as well. So. Uh, lots of different ways to get your question in. And hello, Sandy. Uh, how's it going? Um, we're gonna we're gonna get rocking here. I'm gonna bring uh, Doc in. Doctor Rogers, how's it going?
1: Good. How you doing, Ben?
0: Uh, I am doing wonderful. And and for those of you who are with us live, uh, as as with every week, um, this is a chance for uh, me and Doc to get to hang out. So thank you for. Uh, for being here with us and giving us a, a, a cool excuse to, to do this. Uh, we do this every single Tuesday, uh, right around uh, the 540, 545 mark. Um, so anyways, you ready to jump into the show? In, into the show? Sure. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the first question. As a male, why does your testosterone level matter? Why should I start getting my T levels checked? And, and this is a very uh, common question when people ask about what we do. Um, you know, why, why should I be concerned with, uh, with testosterone and with my hormones?
1: Well, of course, testosterone is the main male hormone. Also, females need it too, but uh, just a lot lower dose. But certainly, there should be checked as well. But um, testosterone so many functions that you know i can't even list them all but um basically you think about testosterone as being the male hormone that gives you your maleness your energy your libido your muscle your um uh everything everything male is associated with testosterone and you should get it checked. If you're having symptoms of low T, you should get it checked at any level, any age. Even some teenagers come in with very low testosterone levels, especially if they have a family history of very low T early on. But, um, you know, definitely at 40, you should have a level check because, you know, it may be at 50 or 45, you start having a lot of symptoms. And if you notice, your levels drop from 600 to 400 or 300, and it's definitely going down. Um, so just as a baseline, I recommend everybody around 40 get it, male or female, and just to kind of start following it because it's going to tail off. I mean, you know, as your hormones decline, you decline. And the reason you decline is because your hormones are low, they're lowering. Uh, you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So you really want to aim towards about a 30 year old level of uh, hormones, male or female. Um, you know, as your testosterone level declines, um, you lose bone mass, you lose brain power, you lose muscle, and you gain fat, um, the energy levels are lower. It's not just about libido, it's about um, your wellness, really. Um, you know, you're going to live a lot longer and a lot better if your testosterone levels are Uh, On the higher side, I even have a lot of 30 year old guys that may work shift work or um, they're stressed. They've had crises. They've been sick. They're diabetic. They're obese. Um, A lot of times their T levels will be low, late 20s and 30s. I treat a ton of guys like that. And when I work them up, I have to look at some other things like their. Luteinizing hormone, the prolactins, and because you want to do it right as you design a program to optimize their testosterone level. It's not a matter of, yeah, you're low, here's your testosterone. I mean, certain things need to be followed and managed right by somebody who knows what they're doing. So, every it, it matters, getting your T level check matters for any male.
0: And I, and I hope that explained it. I, I, I'm going to segue into this because this is a, the same person asked this question as well, and um, so and I think you know what would be helpful for for the people watching is is if we can kind of wrap it up in the sense of like you know why hormones do matter in the sense of you know the bone mass and um, because it's actually I feel like not many people understand like know about it, and and yet it, it seems like it's like it's super super important. So, uh, so why don't you answer this question first, and then maybe you know wrap it up with you know, why hormones are such a big deal.
1: Okay. Well, why should my wife get her hormone levels checked? Same reason you should. Um, you want to see if they're on the decline. I'm not sure what your ages are, but um, definitely at 40, get your levels checked sooner if you have any other symptoms. I mean, some women are on birth control pills and have no libidos because the birth control pill will lower your testosterone level. So if that's happening, just come in and get a testosterone level and maybe a DHEA level, uh, which in women is a precursor to testosterone. Um, But women are more complex hormonally than men are because they've got four hormones to worry about, and they cycle every month. So it's going to be a little different depending on what time of the month you come in your levels. But what you're looking for in especially females is hormone balance, that estrogen to progesterone, um ratio you know what your testosterone level is doing um so it's a little more difficult with women certainly we see as many women as men uh because they tend to have a little bit more symptoms and a little more complexities to it so um, we see a lot of women for hormones probably more so than even men you know i'm known as a male hormone expert and really um I treat as many women probably probably more than I do men. Um, It's more in your face as a woman with when your hormones are out of balance. And it's important for a woman because if she starts on, if she starts getting low levels and that decline is going to be for years before you go into full blown menopause and you don't want to wait until you're in full blown menopause because by that time, half your bone volume is lost. So, And also, if you gain a lot of weight, the energy, everything's gone. Um, So it's important to look at it early. If you're a woman in midlife, if you go on bioidentical hormones, your chances of getting dementia is half, as if you don't. And that's another reason women, uh, they don't have heart attacks like men do before age 50, generally. It's because they've got that protective estrogen. Um, then you have to look at the way the estrogens metabolized in women, you know, uh, what pathway it goes down. And so there's different forms of estrogen. And their progesterone, which they drop off 1st is very protective against too much estrogen. When that estrogen progesterone balance drops off in the favor, you got too much estrogen, way low progesterone, you start getting fibrocystic breast disease, uterine fibroids. Uh, you start getting overweight. So um, a lot of complexities to female hormones it's fun to it's fun to look at it and to and give these people a new life really um, that's some of your most grateful patients is the ones the women you can you know help balance them and, and get them leaner and you know feel them better it's It's an amazing uh, thing that we do I think it's just fun to treat and you know, is, dive into.
0: is managing hormones or getting your hormones managed um is it a luxury um you know for for people or is this essential you know what what's your what's your take on well
1: that? Uh, to me it's essential because you know 100 years ago we wouldn't even be talking about this you know i'd be dead and so you know the average lifespan was you know 50 or so and you know so you'd have to worry about it too much then but now that we're living a long time you know um Infectious disease aren't wiping anybody out, and um, we've got all these advancements now to keep people alive longer. You want the quality of life to be longer, so um, it's really a necessity in my opinion. A lot of the problem is a lot of doctors don't know about hormones. They they think it's just part of aging, and that's what they should expect. And when, you know, when they go on menopause, say for a w- woman, and even men, you know, you get your antidepressants to take care of all your symptoms. Um, you know, and that's just not the answer. You know, those things can be dangerous, have a lot of side effects. They don't really help your bones get stronger or do all the physical stuff for you. They just kind of give you an apathetic outlook. Not saying that uh, antidepressants don't work for a lot of conditions. They do. But certainly if it's due to hormonal loss then um you should look at your hormones and it's just not something we're ta- that we're taught about much in medical school um because it's off label and everybody's scared of hormones they think it causes cancer or heart disease it doesn't it prevents them we're not using synthetic horse urine pregnant horse urine estrogens you know or medroxyprogesterone. progesterone we're using bioidentical meaning identical to what you put out before on your own hormones so my theory on that is as your hormones decline, you decline in every way. So is it going against nature in a way? Yeah, it's kind of cheating nature in a way, but um, look at it like, you know, when your eyesight goes because you're getting older, would you not wear glasses if you had a chance to correct that? You know, would you not wear a hearing aid as you lose your hearing as you get older? You should think about hormones the same way as long as you're doing it in a safe manner. It's a little more difficult than just putting gla- reading glasses on, but in, in the expert hands, then it's very beneficial to you for the rest of your life. And not just to get you through hot flashes, night sweats, but to grow your bone strong, uh, which equals muscle. Muscle equals bone. Um, so it certainly will help your symptoms, but it also is working in, in hidden ways like protecting your heart from heart disease protecting your bones from osteoporosis, um, giving you energy to get out there and exercise. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm a big believer in, in hormone replacement and look at it early for you and your
0: wife. Can you, can you just real quick in like 60, 60 seconds, go over some of the symptoms that people might, uh, recognize, um, for men and women who might have low hormones? Yeah,
1: well, you know, generalized fatigue, being tired, brain fog, belly, gaining belly fat, losing muscle, decreased libido, certainly for men, ED sometimes, Um, you know, sluggishness. um, It can even affect your relationship. So um, very important to look at those levels. Great question.
0: All right. Thank you for that, guys. Um, okay, so this is a, this is a fun question. Um, you mentioned the Happy Body Program in one of your podcasts. Can you comment on why you like it so much? Uh, I, I, I'll go ahead and, and comment real quickly. I, I did the Happy Body Program for uh, almost two years, and, um, and the reason I really enjoyed it was, for one, it was just super laid out. All the exercises were laid out for you. It's, a, it's actually a book. And, um, and it, and it goes through all the different movements. So at the time I was very concerned with, uh, joint mobility and, and we actually have a great podcast on mobility coming out this week. It's already up on YouTube with Zach Kramer. Um, but it, so it goes through all the different movements that I might do as I get older, you know, the, the hinges, the lifts. Um, so that's why I did it and it kind of walks you up through Uh, adding, adding weights. Uh, But man, I I feel like it's, it's a program that anybody can do, you know, no matter how experienced you are lifting weights or exercising in a gym. And, and it can almost also go to like, you know, elite athletes. I know, you know, pro tennis players on the, on the ATP tennis store to, who do this program. So I, am obviously a huge believer. I know you did it for a little bit. What, what's your thoughts on, on the happy, happy body?
1: Oh, you explained it so well. Jurgen, the guy's name's is Jurgen. Jersey. Uh, Jersey.
0: What's his last name? Jersey Gregorick, and uh, he was a um, an Olympic, um, not a power lifter. I think what? he was
1: a power lifter coach. Was he a power lifter? And I think he was a power lifter, but he's lean and fit, and he and his wife go through these exercises. It's just a good way to kind of – do the same routine every day yep you know, it's kind of hard to mix it up unless you have a trainer so you do the same thing every day so it takes you through all the movements so it can get kind of boring at times is the only my only complaint about it but it does all the movements and really keeps you functionally strong so i do like happy body if you have any problem with it you know come up and ernie dixon can show you yeah where your, where your weaknesses are in your body and the things you need to think about. But uh, it's just a great little exercise program that will keep you strong, functionally strong. So if you're looking for something, some exercise program, certainly look at that one. Yeah, combines it combines a lot of the elements of flexibility, stretching, and a little bit of weightlifting without having to have really any weights
0: at all you really don't need weights and it's just it's laid out for you in such a way it builds up so you can go ahead and start and it's very it's pretty simple and and you can work your way up and uh it's all all you gotta do is 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 google the happy body uh the happy body program and you can find find the book on amazon there's tons of different ways to tons of resources on it actually It's, it's just a great book uh highly recommend it um, okay. Thank you for that question. And let's go to this last one. And anybody, uh, in the comments, if you have questions, go ahead and put those in. Uh, hello, Corey. What's up, Robin? Uh, Tammy, what's up? Um, we are going to, um, uh, get to the live questions here in just a second. We got one more question that came in, uh, during the week. Um, and that is what is a homocysteine level? Why is this important?
1: That's a good question. You know, we check a homocysteine level on all our Cleveland heart panels, and it's really about as important as your cholesterol, in my opinion, maybe more so. Homocysteine is an inflammatory amino acid. And so if you have a high level, it's not good. It increases your risk for uh, heart attacks, blood clots, miscarriages. It turns out it's closely related to this genetic defect that um, we check called an MTHFR which uh, I have two mutant copies of myself of this in a high level, so I've been able to bring it down through supplements. Basically, it's kind of complex, but basically it has to do with that methionine, uh, B12, folate, folic acid cycle, uh, adding a methyl group onto certain uh, proteins so they can function better. Um, And so it's basically um, you have an inability to convert folic acid into methylfolate, which is the active form of vitamin B9, very essential for brain health as well. Um, so it's really important to check this level. And if it's high, you know, certain supplements that you can bring it down with, you definitely ought to be on it. If it's high, you should probably be on a, a baby aspirin if you can, 81 milligram uh, to help reduce your risk of blood pressure clotting. Um, you can also use methylated B12 methyl folate um, and uh, B6 and another one that you can do if that won't do it is add trimethylglycine into it. Um, there's a great little supplement that's a prescription vitamin supplement called serfolin. That we can use that has it all in one, so that's a good little thing to do. But uh, that's a great question. Homocysteine. Make sure that gets checked as part of your routine panel.
0: It, it, the way that sounds to me is that it, it's a one-time test.
1: No, it's not. Okay. But, uh, you know the the MTHFR gene is a one-time test, but if it's high, you need to follow it and make sure it comes down. Okay, So um, it's something that could go back up if you get off your supplements. And usually, it's not hard to bring down. You just need those methylated supplements um, because your genes can't, um, you know, properly add those methyl groups in, in that thionine, uh cycle. It's, it's kind of complex, but uh, just get the level check for sure, and we can guide you as to how to get it down. Because it is a risk factor, just like a high cholesterol would be or high glucose level.
0: It's a it's a risk factor for for what again?
1: Heart disease. Okay. And also miscarriages, blood clots, uh, you know, cardiovascular events. So. Okay. Stroke.
0: That is a, that's a great question and 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 one that probably is going to help a, a whole bunch of people. So thank you for that. Um, and what we're going to do here, we got people looking at our email and our DMs as well. So if you, if you want to ask a question in, in that, through those mediums, um, you can go ahead and do that. You can email info at performancemedicine.net or simply direct message us here on uh, Facebook, uh, wherever you are watching this. Uh, so let's go ahead. We got one on uh, Lyme here. This is a great question. Uh, Jessica asked... Could you do a special segment of Lyme, Babesia, and other tick-borne infections? It seems to be an, uh, often overlooked health is as important to all of us, not only endemic uh, areas. And uh, one, we, we did do a, um, a segment on, on Lyme. I did, wh- what was the book called, Doc, that, that you liked yeah, a lot?
1: Um, we, I think I did a podcast on Lyme uh, not long ago because I just finished reading a great book uh, named Chronic. Uh, by Dr. Phillips. Um, He's a Yale epidemiologist who had Lyme himself and he kind of figured it out on his own. He went to like 20 rheumatologists and they they couldn't figure out why he couldn't move. He's actually in the bed for two years and then would celebrate when he could actually walk into a grocery store. But um, he kind of cured himself and he's a world-renowned Ivy League doc. And um, so... Yeah, I, I'm gonna, you know, try to do another segment at some point on it because there's a lot of variations of lime. He calls it Lyme Plus, you know, because there's other like uh, Babesia and uh, um, Bartonella, which is even worse than lime. And there's just so many different species. So you may test negative for lime and yet you may still have one of those um, related. These are bacterial infections. Think spirochetes. Uh, you know, um, it's a bad infection, and, and about 90% of the people that have Lyme or related illnesses never knew they had a tick bite. And they don't get their typical target rash with it, uh, but they can go undiagnosed for years, never knowing they had. As a matter of fact, the last, the next to last patient I had today. I ran a Lyme titer because he had all these chronic things going on with him with joint pain. And so a lot of times diseases, autoimmune diseases that, you know, we blame on like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, MS, fibromyalgia um, may in fact have an infectious etiology and it may be in that Lyme family. So it's maybe treatable with different things, including antibiotics. Sometimes empirically, we'll go in and if we see a patient with rheumatoid arthritis, give them a month of doxycycline and they get better. And so there's an infectious component there that isn't being addressed. Um, Was that
0: kind of your biggest takeaway from that book? Was that the infectious component not being indre- addressed?
1: Yeah, I had that and a lot of other things, takeaways from that including some natural stuff you could do for, uh, that type of, um, um, tick-borne illness, um, uh, like some things like oil of oregano and some things like that just fascinated me. But yeah, go, if you think you may have Lyme, get tested and then read the book. And sometimes if your test doesn't show positive, because the testing is notoriously bad, um, you know, maybe an empiric trial of, uh, doxycycline or tetracycline or um, with the pulse therapy. But go read that book if you or somebody you know uh, you think may have um uh, an immune disease that really they haven't given the reason for why they came down with that in the first place. It, in fact, may have an infectious etiology. Yeah, um, it's, a,
0: it's, a, it's really interesting. And that's actually, you know, it's a, it's a very common question we get, in in our type of practice, um, so so what we'll do is I'll I'll put in the comments a link to that uh, to the video we did on Lyme, and which also has the book and 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 hopefully that's helpful and and I'm anticipating that we'll be talking a lot more about about Lyme in particular. Yeah, um, agree. Okay, so Tammy has a has a great question. Another common one we get. Um, as a woman, do you hit? hit an age where you stop getting hormones managed.
1: Yes, you do hit an age with that. That's the age where you just give it it up and say, hey, I'm done. (laughs) So, you know, you don't just say, hey, I'm 70 years old. I think I'll just stop the hormones. I'm ready to get osteoporosis and shrivel up and all that. So, you know, some people think that you should stop taking hormones when you're 65 or so. Why that's true, I don't know, because, I mean, people are living a long time. So if you don't live that last third of your life without hormones, you're going to get brittle. Your brain's not going to work as good. You're going to be more at risk for fractures when you fall because you have no muscle, no balance. So um, as long as you keep keep up with your pap smears and mammograms, again, bioidentical hormones do not cause cancer. They do not cause heart disease. You want to follow these things. You'd be amazed at how many things I pick up. Because I do screen for those things when I'm considering putting somebody on a a hormone of any type, male or female. So, no, there's not really an age that you just give up. I mean, I have 90 year old people on hormones. Um, So, um, no, there's no set age. Everything is different for different people. Uh, But, great question.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's a very good question. And because often, you know, it'll be. Like, so when should we stop? You know, when do we get off of this? And, and, and I've, you know, I've obviously, you know, heard your answer quite a bit. And, and it's really, it seems like it's, you, you never really stop, you know? Um, Why I, would you? I, I, what's the oldest one you've ever put on hormones for the first time? Probably
1: 95, 95, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pellets on it on a 95 year old. Male? Medical personnel, male. Yeah. Um, he liked them. So,
0: that's wild. um,
1: yeah. So don't give up, you know, don't give up and say, Hey, I'm too old to do this. When you do that, just, you're going to give up on everything. So, you know, so, uh, it's crazy how we tell people, you know, you're too old to do something. So
0: it's a great question great question. It looks like that is it for the live. I'm going to make sure we didn't get any in uh our emails here. If you have one uh, question you want to ask, you can go ahead and put that in real fast. We got a couple more minutes. Have not gotten an email yet. I'm just going to double check, make sure I uh, get everything All right. It looks like we are uh, we are no longer. We don't have questions anymore. So, uh, Doctor, it's been fun.
1: Thanks, man. Go out and enjoy. This is June 1st. It's the beginning of summer. Um, I hope you had a good Memorial Day and remembered what it was really for. Yep. And uh, not just a long three-day weekend. Yep. Um, but, yeah, get out there and exercise and enjoy this great weather and stay healthy. I'll see you next week.
0: Guys, thank you so much for being here. The the people in the live uh, chat, thank you so much. We love you. Uh, we will be back. Uh, we are doing the Diabetes Live Q&A on Thursday. Uh, that is with uh, my brother Andy. Um, we got We do got one more. Let's get this one more in. I want to make sure we... For the people who are live, we get those questions in. Uh, how do hormones affect weight loss? Can you, can you knock that out in, a, in, a, in about a minute?
1: Yeah. Um, they help weight loss. You know, again, they help fat loss more than they help weight loss. Um, you know, like, for example, somebody gets on testosterone, a man. They may gain a couple pounds, but it's muscle which burns their belly fat. So I look at body composition more than I do absolute weight or BMI, which is a very poor form of measuring the fitness on somebody. So, um, yeah, certainly. Um, and that's why a woman needs progesterone, even if she's had a hysterectomy, as well as estrogen, because the progesterone helps you maintain your leanness. Um, so it has a lot to do with your weight. Look at, look at menopausal women. Uh, how their body changes they start getting thick around their midsection because of loss of hormones so definitely their body shape changes and it's it's hormonal it's just not what they're eating of course that you know they need to learn how to eat right too and, because you can't eat like you did at 30 20 or 30 years old but um, certainly if you're having tr- trouble with weight gain, you need to come in and get a Cleveland panel and let us look at all the stuff, hormones and everything. It all goes together. So, great question.
0: Yeah, thank um, thank you for that, Lisa, because that's a another one of those questions that can that can really help a, a lot of people. Uh, there is a there is a big correlation between uh, loss of hormones and and weight gain. Uh, Dr. Raj, I'm going to let you go with that. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who has hung out with us this evening. Uh, as I was saying, um, diabetes Q and A is this Thursday. We do that every Thursday. Uh, it's going to be in the evening. Uh, we are not sure of a time, so make sure you follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on YouTube to get that um, to get that time. Uh, We will be live on Thursday answering diabetes questions. We love you. Thank you so much, Dr. Rogers. Thank you, and I'll see you guys next time. See you, man. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.